We're going to be looking at Luke chapter 12, and over the next several weeks, we're going to be studying this idea of stewardship. And I don't know how many of us really think about stewardship, but it's something that applies to us, but we don't necessarily think about it as often. We don't think about it all the time. So let me give you a couple of examples of stewardship or bad stewardship. Um, in 2008, anybody heard of Bernie Madoff? If you're young, you're probably like, what? I don't, I don't, never heard of this guy. But anyway, Bernie Madoff, he, uh, this guy right here was arrested for running basically the biggest scam in U.S. history. $65 billion, this guy, you talk about thievery. You know, we get upset when people scam us, you know, if like me, you know, people uh, are good at uh, getting your money somehow. This guy $65 billion, 37,000 victims, and some of them are famous. I mean, like they were throwing out some of the, like if you guys know the, the people who put together Shrek and Kung Fu Panda, uh, that, that producer, they lost millions, Kevin Bacon and some of those guys, but, but also just your everyday people because he was a well-known investor. This guy was an investor, and so people were giving them their life's savings to invest. They were entrusting all of their money to this guy, Bernie Madoff, and even some nonprofit charities because sometimes when people die, They'll, they'll say, oh, my grandma died and, and she wanted to leave this $100,000 for this charity. And they'll invest that money and they'll take the interest and help support that charity. He was taking all of it. You're talking $65 billion. And how did people feel? Betrayed. If you were one of those people that that was your life savings and this guy was basically stealing it out from underneath your noses uh, and he was supposed to be this trusted investor, right? How does that make you feel? You feel very good about that? What about in 2000, October of 2021, this happened, what, three, four months ago? In France, over 330,000 Kids had been sexually abused over a 70-year period. Uh, it finally was brought to light uh, against a Catholic church. And uh, so can you imagine 330,000 kids that were entrusted to people who are religious leaders, religious organization? People entrusted themselves with these kids that were being altar boys, and, and over 80% of them were boys. How many children were abused in the name of Christ in the U.S., on reservations, around the world, right? How would you guys feel? You, you, you entrusted your family to this organization or to these individuals. You're like, you're supposed to be a steward. You're supposed to take care of my money. You're supposed to take care of my kids. You see the, the idea? Bernie Madoff was a steward supposed to take care of people's money. These religious organizations were supposed to be taking care of people's kids. And what happens when they're not? You see, so we're going to look at this definition of stewardship. 
when we look at the Old Testament, it's talking about one who is over a house, Genesis 43 and 44. In the New Testament, there's two Greek words that are used. Uh, the first one is about one to whose care has been entrusted, a guardian, a caretaker. The other Greek word is basically two words. You know how we have uh, compound words to make a word? Well, oiko basically is, oikos is a house, and then nemo is manager. So when you have this oikonomos, you have this house manager. So you entrusted your household, kids, money, uh, work, all of that was entrusted to a manager. And then they were supposed to take care of those responsibilities. And you can, that's the one that's actually used here in Luke chapter 12, but it's also in Luke 16 and, and, and other places. So those are some of the definitions. What about Webster, right? We always have to do a Webster definition. Uh, the Webster says it's the office or the duty, obligation of a servant. You are a servant. You're supposed to be serving my, I'm entrusting you with this, and then I need you to do something. Conducting, supervising, managing. Let's look at the Bible example. Okay, let's look at a Bible example before we get to some examples of ourselves. Ezekiel just got through reading Luke chapter 12 up to verse 40. I want us to look at verse 41 here. If you guys, if you have it in your Bibles, or you can look up here, I put a couple of words to underline. Jesus, um, when we said here, Peter said to, to Jesus, Lord, are you addressing this parable to us? Are you talking to me? Or are you talking to everybody else as well? You see, that's, that's what he's saying. Like, who, who are you talking to? Like, I hear this parable. I hear this story. Are you talking to me? Or are you talking to everybody else? And the Lord Jesus said this, Who then is the faithful and sensible steward? When you think of faithful, what word comes to mind? How about marriage? They say that they were unfaithful or they are faithful in their, they, they, they're unfaithful in their relationship or they are faithful, right? So this is that same word, a trustworthy you're trustworthy. Somebody has entrusted you something. Can that be trusted? Sensible has to deal with your senses, wisdom, the, the wise steward. So Jesus says, who is the faithful and wise steward whom the master will put in charge? See, he says, I see you're my slave, my servant. I'm putting you in charge. I'm giving, I'm entrusting you to do what? I'm entrusting you to take care of my other servants, to give them their rations, like their food, their money, at the proper time. Blessed is the slave. So a steward is also a what? A slave. It's a different word. Dulos is servant. It's a slave. Blessed is the slave whom his master finds so doing when he comes. Truly I say to you that he will put him in charge of all of his possessions. How many of you guys have ever had a job where they put you in charge of something and then they said, if you do good here, then we'll move you up? It always reminds me of the movie Coming to America, you know. I've been washing lettuce and then, you know, I get to move up, you know. It's like you, can, you get this idea of when you are entrusted with something little, 
then you've got to be entrusted with much, right? And so what Jesus continues says, and that slave who knew, so there's a knowledge, he knew his master's will, he knew what he wanted, and did not get ready or act in according to that will. That slave will receive many lashes. It's no joke, right? Do you think you would be, I, I read one of the articles about that, one of the people that was taken advantage of by Bernie Madoff. He said, I will never forgive him. I will never be able to forgive him. What about those parents that had their children molested? What about the ones who were molested? Are they going to be able to have a forgiveness? Or are there going to be many lashes on those who were untrustworthy? Will they receive their just due? Are they going to receive their punishment? Even after 70 years, a lot of those guys, nothing happened to them. And that was another big thing is the cover-up. They were like, oh, all of this is getting covered up. And so how do you feel if there's not justice being done, right? You're like, this isn't right. This is injustice. This is not right. Well, God says they will receive many lashes. They will receive many lashes. Their punishment is yet to come. And Jesus goes on to say, everyone who has been given much, much will be required. You guys heard that saying? To whom much is given... Much is required. Faithful with little, you'll be faithful with much. Does that make sense? I don't know if your parents were like that. Like, if you can't even take care of this little thing right here, how are you going to take care of a, a bike? Or, you know, you, you can't even take care of this. And so it's, it's something that you have to be able to, to look at this idea of stewardship. And over the next several weeks, we're going to be going over all of these in more detail but today, I'm just trying to give the, the scope, just, just, just an overview. And if there's one thing that you guys can remember, house manager. A steward is a house manager. You're taking care of what's in God's house. So as we look here, let's think of some examples for today. I try to hit everybody. I, I, might, I might leave you out. But uh, if you're a parent... I want you to think about entrusting your children to a babysitter. How many of you guys have found that difficult, right? How many of you guys have found that difficult because you are entrusting them? They are going to be stewards of my children. And so that is challenging. I mean, my, my, I was talking to my mom, and she was saying there was an article that said daycare can cost now as much as a college education. It is getting ridiculous on how much it costs. It's, it's amazing on how, how expensive this is. What about school? Do we entrust our kids to the school and to the teachers? What are they teaching them? You know, it's kind of interesting when COVID happened that uh, everybody was at home. So the kids are watching their teachers on, uh, on the computers here. And the parents got to be inside of the classrooms, and you're hearing some of this stuff, and they're like, wait, what? My, my kids are being taught this at school? I didn't know. You see, you're entrusting them for that whole time. What are they being taught, right? And so we are entrusting them. What about the healthcare professions? 
How many times have we entrusted doctors and nurses and dentists and they haven't done a good job? You guys ever heard of situations where they cut the wrong artery or they left a piece of gauze in the inside or, you know, you guys ever hear stories like that where they weren't faithful? I mean, not every doctor got an A on their test, <laughs> right? And so what happens is, is uh, are you entrusting, you know, JD just got through getting his kidney transplant. Imagine you are entrusting your life. They, they, they say that these are the risks. This, this could happen, right? I, I remember that I had ear surgery, and they said that uh, you could lose your hearing. You know, you could lose your hearing by doing this surgery. That, that, those are those risks, right, that you have to think about. I'm entrusting myself to this doctor. What about secrets? You ever told a secret to a friend and, you know, my best friend, and I want to confide in them, I want to share with them? How many of us have ever, you don't need to raise your hand, how many of us have ever shared, and then it, how did they find out? How, they started using that against me. That ever happened to us? You see, you entrusted this secret. You entrusted this deepest part of myself, something very intimate and close to me, and I entrusted you with it, and you turned around and used it against me. Does that make us feel very good, or do we want them to be faithful stewards of what I'm entrusting to them, right? What about the government? Do we entrust the government with money? Do we entrust politicians with our vote? Like we're saying, and when I vote for you, you're supposed to vote like I would vote in Washington. That's how you're supposed to represent me. You're supposed to represent, right? And if they're not, we get upset. We're like, ah, oh, man, they said all of this. They said they were going to do this. They said they were going to do that, and then they don't. Does that make anybody else upset besides me? They are supposed to be public servants. That's, that's how it's supposed to be. They are entrusted with our votes. They are entrusted with what we want as a people. What about religious leaders? Like we said with the Catholic Church, and this is not, this is not just exclusive to them. You know, how many times can you think of that people are sending their kids to these religious organizations? And I'm not saying it couldn't happen here. You think the devil is above it happening here? I mean, that, that we're entrusting kids and that God forbid. I mean, ah, God forbid. But, but people are entrusting us. And, and for something like a, an abuse case or, or molestation or something like that, you're entrusting. We're supposed to be faithful stewards. We're supposed to be taking care of what has been given to us. What about, do you entrust yourself to the news and to reporters and newspapers and what you're reading on the internet? Do you trust that? Does it make you upset to know that they kind of twist things sometimes? Or do you want it? Just give it to me straight. You know, just give me the truth. Like, man, where do I go, right? Fake news on this side, and then this side is like, well, that side is fake news. And I'm like, well, who's real news, right? And so it's, it's, it's like, man, I just want to know the facts. Just give me the facts. That, that will help me because the news is supposed is entrusted with reporting and not trying to make a slant on things, right? 
What about colleges? How many colleges have, have we sent our kids to? Man, the, the, the stories are, are, are crazy. How many kids go into colleges believing in God and come out of college not believing in God? It happens all the time because we are entrusting them to teach. But yet when there's a slant and when there's this focus on, they're trying to get you not to believe in God. You know, uh, Tammy was telling us about their son when he went to uh, Michigan State and uh, that he was challenged in certain classes that there is no God. And he had to prove and stand, even though the professor still didn't believe in it, but he stood his ground. But how many don't stand their ground? How many people come out of college doubting their belief in God? But yet, aren't we entrusting? Aren't colleges taxpayer money? We're entrusting our kids to these institutions, right? How do we feel if they were to come out of there believing in something completely different? Now, some other things. What about your mechanic? Do you feel I'm entrusting you to, to diagnose the problem? And if they, they're like, oh, yeah, man, you got this big old problem. And then I take it, get a second opinion, and they're like, oh, it's just a little plug. Just needed to be replaced. Do you feel like they were a good steward? They're like, man, they're trying to rip me off. Even a mechanic, what about a valet? Have you heard stories where this, a valet, you know, you drop your car off, they got a Porsche, and the 19-year-old kid is like, vroom, taking off and cruising around. And Would you feel very good if that was your Porsche? What about the barber? How many of you guys entrust yourself or a hairstylist? Do you just go to anybody? Or you're like, mmm, i got to have it done just a certain way. And if somebody messes it up, do you feel good about that? What about a chiropractor? Have you heard of stories where sometimes people go to a wrong chiropractor and they get more messed up than they were before? Because they, they, you're entrusting your body to them. What about a business partner? Ever enter into a business and you're like, we're supposed to have equal trust here. And then they didn't do right? Investing like Bernie Madoff? What about a restaurant? You ever seen stories where they spit in your food, drop food on the floor, and they still put it and give it back? You are entrusting yourself. Did you watch them make every bit of it? Or are you entrusting yourself that they're going to be good stewards back there and do what they're supposed to do with what's been entrusted to them, right? New manager, if you have ever, maybe you're the one that they entrusted you to open the store and to close the store, take care of the money, right? All of those kinds of things. Have you ever had somebody take care of your house or borrow your car? Anytime people do not take care of these things, how do you feel? How does that make you feel? Do you feel ripped off, betrayed, upset? Think about what God has entrusted to you. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it. Those are not your kids. They're God's kids, and he has entrusted us with those kids. And when we don't do right by God, how does he feel? That's his money. He blessed us with this money, and then what are we supposed to do with it? See, if I'm just like, ah, oh, I just use it on me. This is my money. 
we forget that it's all His. It's all His. But, but if I'm a poor steward of my money, then what about the one who entrusted that to us? You see, when we're on the other end, we don't like how people have dealt with my money or dealt with my kids or dealt with this or dealt with my car or dealt with my hair. I don't like it. But then when it comes to God and he has entrusted us with all these things, we're like, but God understands. He's good. He's okay with it. Why is he okay with that? If you're not okay with it, why would he be okay with that? Right? This is something that, that when we're looking at stewardship, everything is his. How many of us have said, well, this is my life? No, it's not. God gave you that life. God gave you that life. What are you going to do with the life that he gave you? It's not your body. It's his body. What are you going to do with his body? You see, it's his. He's the one that gave you that body. So how are you handling it? What about the gospel. He has entrusted the gospel message. Do you know about Jesus? Do you know how he has saved the world through what he did on the cross? That's the message. What am I doing with that? That's, that's been entrusted to us. We'll get to that message later. What about the opportunities? You guys, everybody in this room, you may have been Raised on the res, dirt house, no running water, no electricity. But I promise you that you have more opportunities by being just here in America than the majority of the world. If you've been around in other places and they hear that you could get a college education, they're like, like they were asking me, they're like, you, you could get a, any degree that you wanted? It's like, yeah, and they're like, how come you haven't done it? Because they're saying, look, you got all this opportunity. And, and for them, that's not even an option. It's not even an opportunity. And so for us, we have all of this opportunity and we keep saying, uh, it's not like this, it's not like that. Man, we whine and complain. And unless you have been other places, it's unbelievable how much we have. I did this one study one time. It says if you have an indoor toilet, you are richer than 80% of the world's population. And yet we complain, right? We will complain about things. How many of you know that there's a way to go to college? If you so decided to say, hey, I need to get, I need to get more education. I either need to go to a tech school, I need to get some sort of training. How many of us in here believe that that opportunity exists here in America? But you go overseas in a lot of the places in the world, it doesn't even exist. It's not even, it doesn't even cross their mind. They're just trying to get enough food for the day. Are we good stewards with what God has opportunities? What about the gifts and the abilities? Each of you are different. Some of you have a great way with people. Some of you have a great way with art. Some of you have a great way with numbers. Some of you have a great way with music. All of us are different. All of us have gifts and abilities, and God has gifted you with this. What are you doing with that? Are we using it for His glory or for my glory? Or are, None at all. 
whatever. I don't even care. It's not your gift. It was entrusted to you. How does God feel that I have blessed you with all of this riches and abilities? We could go on and on. What about your time, the energy, the knowledge, the wisdom, the people that have been placed in your life? How do we treat people? Do we treat them as just, eh, I'll never see them again. Who cares? Or are they made in the image of God? You see, ultimately, God has placed people in our lives, and we have been entrusted with those people. Do you care for them? Do you love on them? Do you encourage them? Do you teach them? On and on and on. God, all of it is His. Right? And so here's, here's the thing. Are you a good steward of what God has entrusted to you? And if this is uncomfortable, the next couple of weeks are going to be uncomfortable. So all these visitors, so for those of you that don't know, we got a bunch of visitors today. You're going to be like, well, nobody said anything. Yeah, because they were a visitor and that person was a visitor and they got a bunch of visitors today. But the next several weeks, we're going to be looking at these in more depth. The Bible will talk about this over and over and over because really what stewardship is, it's a matter of discipleship. Discipleship is a way you discipline your life. And, and we think, well, that sounds weird until you think of Star Wars and then the Jedi, the student, is trying to be trained by the master. And we're like, well, yeah, that's cool. But if we're saying Jesus is the master and you're the student, well, this whole discipleship in Christianity, it just sounds weird. Until it's Bruce Lee or Kung Fu Panda and you've got the sensei or the master and then they're trying to be trained by the master, right? But what is Jesus? He's the master and we're trying to disciple ourselves, And so those masters are teaching you on every aspect of your life. How are you supposed to live? How are you supposed to deal with your money? How are you supposed to deal with your time? How are you supposed to deal with people? How are you supposed to deal with conflict? On and on and on and on. You're learning every aspect. So, if I am a good steward, you're trustworthy, you're faithful, then as Jesus would say, well done, good and faithful slave. Well done, good and faithful servant. But continue and be cautious because just because I'm doing good now doesn't mean I'm going to continue to do good. We can slip. We can get just, if I don't feel like I'm a good steward, then we, I want us to ask these questions. Why don't, why am I not being a good steward? Is it because I don't know how? How many of you guys have had that happen at work where somebody puts you in charge of a job, but I don't know how to do it? And the job didn't get done, and they're upset with me, but I just didn't know how. Yeah, you entrusted me, but I don't know how. You know, we've, we're, we're talking about money sometimes, and uh, I don't know about you, but I know I was not taught. How many of you in class were taught how to manage finances in school? You know, just basic taking care of things. I wasn't taught those things. And so when we get out, we get in debt and we have credit card and we have all this interest rates and we're like, I don't even know what that means. And then I got bill correctors and all these things that happen. Well, part of it is I was ignorant. 
right? So are we not being good stewards because of ignorance and I just need to learn more? The Bible will equip us. Or I do know, but I became careless. Has that happened? Where I just wasn't paying attention. Like I know better. I know better than this, but I got kind of sidetracked. I kind of lost sight of what was important. Has that happened? And we lose sight because of carelessness. Or number three, I'm not a good steward because of just flat-out selfishness. I've told this story before, too. But how many times have I heard stories and seen it where kids are starving because when the parents got the checks, they drank it all up. It was all drank up, smoked up, gambled away. And so the kids are sitting there, no food, empty cabinets, empty refrigerators. And, and they're sitting there like, I got nothing because my parents were entrusted with money and they were selfish in that. Didn't even buy food. Right? So what is it? What is it that, that I'm looking at here? As I think back to, um, these are just two examples. Stewardship, I've been entrusted over a house, house manager, right? Your house manager. You've been entrusted. Unfaithful, if you are in that case, like most all of us are. It's a reminder. So hopefully we're going to help with the ignorance that we're going to learn about it. Two, we're also going to try to make us aware so that we're not um, slacking, like we're overlooking it. You know, we, we, we don't want that to happen in our life where we become careless. That, that can happen. So these lessons are hopefully going to bring it back to the forefront of our minds. But the selfishness, man, we all struggle with that. We all struggle with selfishness that... I could have done more for the, for, with this, done better with it, but I wanted what I wanted. I want what I want. And that's something that the Lord can convict us on, and when, it, when he does convict us, repent. Make those changes, right? Be willing to make those changes that need to be happening. And God is faithful. He will forgive us. He will continue to bless us with more and if we are using them for his glory and for his honor, it's amazing just how much more he gives us. More opportunities, more people in our lives, more, more financial freedom, maybe not necessarily money, but just maybe less debt and some of those kind of things that I'm not enslaved by the, the bill collectors always calling me. Right? God blesses us. And so we don't want to be like Bernie Madoff. We don't want to be like so many of these, these uh, in the Catholic Church that have been entrusted with some of the most important things in people's lives, and they betrayed. They were unfaithful. They were untrustworthy. I pray that we will look at this in our own lives. The greatest gift that God has ever given is His Son, Jesus Christ. What are we doing with that gift? Are we faithful? We've been entrusted with Jesus, the forgiveness of sins. One, have you 
believed in that? Have you put your faith in Jesus? Are you willing to follow him as the master, as the Lord, to say, yes, he's the one. I mess up everything, but he doesn't. And I'm ready to entrust my whole life. That's that repentance. Once I believe in him, he says, all right, turn away from the old self. I'm done trying to lead me. I'm going to let him lead me. That's that repentance. And then he says, you got to give up your life. And when you are buried in those waters of baptism and raised up, he says in Romans chapter 6, verse 3 and 4, you're raised to a new life. You're raised to a new life. This new life is not the one that you had before. You're like, oh, I'm always terrible with this. I'm bad with that. I'm just not. Yeah, that was before. That was B.C., before Christ. This is the new you. Watch what God will do with you. That's the power that God can provide and change us through his Holy Spirit, through his word, through his teachings. If you need to make that commitment today, if there's something that you know that you need to repent of, uh, I know that all of us could probably find something to, to repent of, but if you know that there's just it's not right in my life and I didn't make things right, we're going to sing a song right now, and you guys can come forward and we'll pray with you. We'll help you. to uh, If you need to make these things right, we can do that as we sing together.